I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, good evening, everyone. Here we are with the Match Play Daily, and we've got me, Phil Bars, leading off today with Jack Gobby Garwood, Jar's having a night off, bless him. He's done done a good stint, so we let him have the night off, go, haven't we? Yeah, he's getting a bit old now, and he celebrated his birthday a couple of nights ago. Uh, I think he's, he's running a couple of errands tonight, so we'll let him off tonight, I think. Yeah. Um, second of the quarterfinal nights here in Milton Keynes, and where to start? <laughs> um, I must admit, I looked at tonight's games, and I thought it was fairly... Yeah, I was like, yeah, looking at it, this isn't going to be too too big a night. Boy, did we get that wrong? Um, we'll start. Obviously, we'll start with with the first one, and we'll come on to the other one in a minute. But first up, Dimitri Vandenberg beating Adrian Lewis sixteen legs to twelve and booking his place in his first PDC televised semi final, and a quite mature performance from Dimmy. In fairness massively mature from Dimitri. Um, I'll be honest, it's not one that I thought he had in him over this distance. Um, I thought he might he might flap a little bit. Um, and obviously last night, I, I so boldly stuck my neck out on a, an all-target semi-final meeting and that hasn't happened. So, uh, yeah, my, my predictions are going well for this week. But um, calm, collected. I thought he, he slowed the pace down to suit him at the right time. That's, that's not to say he did anything wrong. But I think he, he slowed the game down to a pace that he was comfortable with that perhaps didn't allow Aidy to slow it his, his full natural pace. But it suited Dimitri in the clinical moments that mattered. And he delivered every single time that he, it, was, it was asked upon him, basically. Yeah, I thought Adrian was slow out the blocks as well and let Dimitri get into a lead. Yeah. And over these formats, yes, you can claw him back, but it's hard to keep going to the well. It's all right getting level, but then you've got to go past someone is the thing and I yeah. thought I thought Adrian gave himself too much to do in the early stages and then also with that I thought the finish line came at a good time for Dimitri because he just seemed to be getting a little bit tired on stage and the, the last few legs you could see there was some nerves there he was almost yeah. thinking hang on a minute I'm about to play in a seven or win a quarter final here yeah and I think we see that from him in the previous round as well he admitted that in his interview with Sky and, and other things he's talked about where he was like, I was getting a bit nervous towards the finishing line, which is where I didn't think quite so much he'd, he'd hold up tonight. But I just think that opening 
session, mini session, as you like, before the TV break, Lewis let the game get away from him far too quickly. He had a couple of opportunities, but to allow Dimitri to go to a 4-1 lead, not only do you let somebody dictate the, the game almost as, as a 4-1 up, but it allows Dimitri to dictate the speed as well. Then from 4-1 up, he controls the entire game. And that was the one thing that Lewis couldn't afford to do tonight. 100%. And like we said, Lewis tried to intimidate Dimitri a little bit. But like we said last night, Dimitri just took it in his stride, played at his pace, chilled, took his time when he needed to. And I, yeah, I, I was really impressed with, with Dimitri, I have to say. But it, this we, we've said that he needs to kick on now. And we've said this again and again after his World Championships where he got to the quarterfinal and lost. And we, we keep saying he now needs to kick on, he now needs to kick on. And this is another one of those moments where... There's only so many times we can keep saying this before we have to ask the question, what's he need to do or what's he need to change? On the periphery now of the top 16, after tonight he goes to 17, which when you hear from him in a minute, he was over the moon, but he didn't realise that, which that, that, that 16 is the holy grail because it guarantees you every TV tournament once you're in it. And there is pressure, but it's almost like a, like a gentleman's club. Once you're in there, yeah. It's quite easy to stay in there. Yeah, yeah. It, it's one of those ones. You can keep banging the door to get in there, but once you're in, you've got to, you've got to fall off a cliff to to get kicked out of there. So it's interesting that the top sixteen approach from Dimitri, and you'll hear in a minute what it means to him. Yeah, I mean it's a fantastic achievement from him, and I, I sort of agree in that. When is he going to deliver? But I also think he's got far more. Opportunity opportunities and other players that we put in the same category, the likes of Michael Smith um, that hasn't won a major yet and, and other players that are still yet to deliver at, at the very highest level. Joe Cullen, for instance, we're still waiting for him to kick on, Ian White. I'm not sure Dimitri's quite got the same experience as any of those boys yet and therefore I think we give him a little bit of an easier ride. Um, but he does seem to be a lot more mature beyond his years. Like there, there are times when you really do question his maturity and his mentality, and he will still do the odd thing that perhaps you, you look at him and go, maybe you're not quite ready. But the rest of his performances and the way that he centres himself, the way that he, he controls the game, the way that he slows the game down to suit him when he needs to, but accelerates for the rest of the time, really shows that extra level of maturity from somebody who is the most successful development tour player of all time in terms of overall wins. And you're still thinking maybe it'll take you a couple more years to get to this level, but he's kicked on. And if he keeps winning on the TV stage, he's going to find himself in that top 16 for a very long time. Yeah, no, agreed. And spoiler alert for the, obviously most of you will hopefully will have seen the headline, but he says three months at Peter Wright's house changed me. And you can see that. Yeah. Because Wright's another one who will very similar to Rob Cross as well, who know at those opportune moments, they, they don't waste a second, they don't rush it, they slow it down to their pace, stent themselves, and it's almost like they're using some sort of visualisation technique. You can see the hesitation before they go up to set up what they want to do, and they're getting better and better every time they do slow that down, they do centre themselves, and they do get ready to go and hit that dart. So, massive him, obviously, hopefully he doesn't pick up on the tinkering that Peter Wright does with his setup <laughs> and all the other stuff that comes around with Peter Wright. But again, with the walk-ons, they're two very similar players. And I think the way they interview as well and their character, they're very, they're not the biggest and most outgoing characters off the board. So there are far worse mentors, as, as you like, for Dimitri to be learning from. 
Yeah, no, hundred percent. And yeah, it's just refreshing that when we look at the semi-final lineup in more depth, it's just not many people would have called some of these. That 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 that's for sure. But we'll um, we'll hear Dimitri Vandenberg right now in his post-match press conference with a few of us here at Milton Keynes. Dimitri, congratulations! You're into your first televised semi-final. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a great game. Just talk us through the game and how you think it went. In the beginning, I was feeling so strong. In the beginning, I went like, play your game, focus on your game, keep them under pressure. If I'm right, I think I remember well that he missed his chances, but I didn't. I remember in the first five leagues, I took out a 1-6-4. I just kept him under pressure. I just played my game. A few 180s earlier in the game. But the longer the game took, the difficult it was for me to keep myself under control. I know I can play, but it wasn't going as easy anymore. And at the end, well, it went to a tight game. But you know what? I won against Adrian Lewis in the World Map the world match play Adrian has been there in the finals maybe even one I can't remember that but yeah I showed that I can play long games short games I've got it in me I've learned from myself I keep learning I keep digging in and my family together with me we are chasing my dreams come on at 14-11 did it get a little bit nervy up there because you, you started just to dip a little bit from the power scoring yeah, wasn't yeah. there so much yeah my power scoring at some point dropped um, I felt that I was doing right I was I felt that I was keep digging in but at some point my mind was under control but my throwing my my well whatever has to do the job wasn't doing what my mind was thinking and that was getting difficult so at the end I'm so happy that I still pulled through I know I played a difficult game against Joe Cullen but what I did against Nathan and what I, what I did against Adrian Lewis is I played a controlled game. At the end, it didn't went as easy as I wanted to, but I learned from it. And after learning, I get stronger. And I'm still fighting for my dreams to make them come true. This is your first televised tournament since lockdown, and more importantly, since your long spell with the <laughs> world champion Peter Wright. Yeah. You've come back a different Dimitri. That's not a coincidence, is it? No, even my dad said it. Even my dad said, son, I've seen you play in this tournament now. I know you qualified. I know it wasn't easy to get you qualified. But I did see my oldest son as a different way, as if he's grown up, as if he's learned. I can only tell you that the three months that I had as Peter Wright's home changed me. And I tell you what, my dad's right. And I think everybody else right now knows that Peter Wright did help me out because his wisdom has made me stronger and I've showed it. House of Peter Wright, I will always remember this. I will. With that result today, I don't know if you're aware, up to 17 in the world. One, one off the top 16. I know you've spoken about this <laughs> so, so much. What would it mean to you to break that top 16 in the early part of this year now? No joking about. Am I number 17, 17 of the world? Yeah, with that result, it takes you to 17 tell you what I'm in the semi-finals I know what I'm doing I've learned from myself from the past games I want to win that semi-final now and I want to see how far I can get this is the Phil Taylor trophy I've seen Phil win so many tournaments now I want to be part of winning tournaments oh my god that would be a dream come true but 
I tell you what, I'll take it round by round, but I'll be ready. I'll be practicing, I'll be fighting, I'll be doing my thing, and I will be believing in my own ability, because that's what I've done today, and oh my god, <laughs> I had no idea, 17th of the world. Oh my god, come on then. Dimitri, <laughs> pleasure mate, we wish you all the very best in the semi-final week, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you, thank you, come yep. on. Well, everyone, that was Dimitri Vandenberg. As you can tell, he was rather happy with being in the top, or nearly in the top 16 in the world, ranked number 17 now. And like, like he says, that three months at Peter Wright has changed him, hopefully for the better. Now, in terms for Dimitri, it's all about recovery time now. He needs to get that heart rate down, get to bed early. Um, we'll come on to the, the other one in a minute. But for all of them now, it's about preparation. Get, getting that right and um, we'll, we'll talk about that when we have a look at the semi-finals in a minute but moving on to the fourth and final quarter-final of the world match play and I don't think any of us saw this roller coaster of emotions coming we all thought Glenn Durant would win but yep. not in the fashion he did um, and he's dodged a bullet Let's put it out there now. 100%. And I think he knows that as well. And he says that at times as well. At 10-5 down, I thought this one was done for. Because Vincent, despite the fact that he's dropped off for a couple of years, is, is a bit of a juggernaut of a player. If he gets out in front of you, he can absolutely take the game away from you. I remember a couple of years ago, he played Kyle Anderson in the World Championships. So Kyle was leading. And he offered up Vincent a couple of opportunities. They went in at 1-1 and Vincent took the rest of the game away from him. And that was before I was involved in any media, any, anything like that. I was there as a friend and as, as a fan. And he couldn't get near him because Vincent just went on this rampage. And I thought once Glenn allowed him to get that early lead and was out to 10-5 and just kept going and going in front, I seriously worried for Glenn and thought we we're in for a double upset tonight. But his finishing, his composure, um, his scoring under pressure. I mean, you're not a three-time BDO world champion for nothing. Despite what's gone on with the way that organisation has run over the couple of years, the quality is still there. And if you look at the stats that compare the PDP and the BDO world championships over the couple of last couple of years, there's not a massive amount of difference. I understand that the PDC invite more players and therefore it's slightly more diluted at times. But the last, 32 onwards, the stats don't differ too greatly over the last couple of years. And, and Glenn's won that three times in a row. So he's more than capable. He's more than experienced. And this comeback was, I think, sets him up for a showdown with Michael Smith in the final. I'll be completely honest. I, I agree that at, at 10-5, I had the graphic teed up. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And I'm just going to fill in the scores. I couldn't see him coming back because, and I said it to him, up there. One is Dublin for the first 90% of the game was horrendous. Awful. Never seen Glenn Durant miss 32 darts at a Dublin in a game in my life. And, and two, he looked uncomfortable on the stage tonight. Yeah. Um, very emotional, which you don't normally see from him a couple of times where he did hit doubles after missing them. He gave it the old, oh, there it is and everything like that, which was very un-Durant-like. But in the latter stages... We'll come on to another talking point in a minute. But the one fifteen finish to go 17-16 up with Vincent sat on 36 to break. Balls of steel. 
Yeah, I mean, it took me a while to believe that Glenn Doran was going to get over the line, even when they levelled up and you're looking at Glenn's then got the throw. But that one one five was the moment that I knew that no matter what happened through the rest of the match, no matter how far it went into overtime, as we're now calling it, or extra legs, Glenn Doran was in the zone and was not going to lose that match because that was huge. Vince's frame for the match again if he doesn't take that one one five out. Um, nerves of steel and it's something we've seen Glenn do a lot before and normally we attribute that 80 odd to 120 odd finishing with James Wade yeah. but Glenn has been just as good if not better on that over the last two years since he's been the PDC and his setup play has been far better which is why I think he's been more successful than James over the last two years yeah no 100% and I, and I agree once that 115 went in it's like hang on a minute because it just shows the importance of winning the ball at the start, yeah. because when you go into overtime, the pressure, knowing that you, if you lose your throw in one leg, you're, you're out, you're gone. Where, I know it's not ideal, but if you're throwing first in sudden death and you lose it, you've still got an opportunity to break back straight back and get yeah. it back. So, yeah, as soon as he went like 14 all, it was like, oh, hang on a minute. And then, but the talking point was Vincent losing his head. Yeah. Over, and, just say out there, so people that don't know, he had 18 left. First start went outside, first start went inside, and then he threw the dart in an underarm motion. He did hit a one, funny enough. Yeah. Kurt Bevins rightly and correctly scored nine points because the rules say you have to throw the dart in an overarm motion. Right. So, rightfully so, that Kirk scored it only as nine. So then Vincent then, and he did get another go as well. At the, yeah. But he had to waste the dart and he got two at a double when it should have been three. And he lost his head in that moment and it affected him for probably three or four legs afterwards. Yeah, I think so. And, and that leg was one in 24 darts ultimately. And it wasn't the best of, dart, best of legs to get up to that moment. But Kirk was 100% bang on right with, with the call he made. The rules say you must throw the dart in an overall motion from seven foot nine and three quarters. I think Vincent threw the third dart in frustration. Yeah. And I also think he was expecting to bust and expecting to be coming back at double nine. I, I don't think if, if that dart had been called a 20 or an 18 and no score, I don't think he would have been frustrated. Um, I mean, we've spoken about interviews he's given elsewhere where he thought he was called for being on the Oki rather than for yeah. the illegal throw motion, which is what's got in his head. But a professional as experienced as Vincent should know better. And I understand it's probably the biggest game of his career in the last decade. Yeah. I don't think I'm wrong in saying that. I think he's been a bit up and down, but this is the first time he showed real promise and, and had an opportunity to progress to... Um, arguably the second well not arguably the second biggest TV tournament semi-final in the world um, and I, I think that rattled him a bit and I think at the same time Glenn was already making a sort of a comeback so it at that point for Vincent it just feels like everything's going against you um, but yeah it was bang on from Kirk I don't think there's any complaints from anyone and if he went and had that discussion, I think you could understand that. But it, it, as, as a Vin, if you're a Vincent fan, you are frustrated with the frailty and that mentality in arguably the biggest moment of the game or, or as the pressure started to mount that little bit more. 
No, agreed. And we're going to speak. To, we're going to hear from Glenn Durrant now. He openly admits he's dodged a very big bullet. Speaking in his post-match press conference here in Milton Keynes. Glenn, many congratulations. You're into the Betfred semi-final of the match play. However, have you just gone through every emotion possible yeah, up I, there? I, you know, sometimes you've got to rely on experience, and there was a lot of similarities to the Mark McGinney game. I mean, Vincent will be devastated right now because he'd be sat in his hotel room right now with with a better player losing that game. I, I genuinely wish I could say I was always going to win that match. You know, the better player lost that game and, uh, you know, somehow, somehow, some a couple of double ones and from a previous interview there, there were 23 darters, you know. I, I'm not really sure what fellow I won that game. It was the first time I've ever seen you on a PD stage and I think it's fair to say you didn't look comfortable up there didn't tonight. Didn't I, didn't I? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I felt fine backstage. I, I got beaten up by Dimmy in practice. You know, he, we were playing some games and he, he was magnificent. I mean, when it was 8-2 to Dimmy against AD, it was no surprise to me because, you know, he left me sort of dumbfounded a little bit. I mean, if he plays like that tomorrow, I've got my hands full. Um, I, I, I didn't... Um, I, I think I've just not coming out the traps quick enough. Um, so I might have a little think about when I get home and uh, get back to my hotel room because I, I wonder why. Um, but... You know, semi-final of the match play. You know, it's beginning to sink in. Just even talking to you now, Phil. So I'll take some beating. I promise you. 115 finish to go 17-16 up. Is that a contender for checkout of the year? Mm. Because Vincent sat on 36 to Was break it? you. Well, I mean, I didn't know that, um, but I'll be bullish to say that. You know, is 101 to 119. I'm the best finisher in the world right now, and that's the only confidence I had on that stage tonight. That. If I was between 101 and 119, that I'm going to hit this, but I was I was wobbling. I was wobbling big style tonight, and maybe, like I said, I can only sort of reiterate that you know Vincent will be sat in his hotel room now, devastated, and I can understand that. Very strange moment during the game as well. You seem to break a point. <sighs> what, what's that like? Because did you change your point on stage, or did you have a separate no, set of darts that you swapped to? So I've got one more dart left. So I've got one more point to snap, uh, in other words. I mean, my points have been marvellous. People say, what's been your success in the PDC? Well, you know, wearing the target patches just makes me feel a million dollars. It's it's the Nike of of the athletics, is what I've said there. And the points have been marvellous. I haven't had a bus point, uh, and incredibly, it happens tonight. But I had a brand spanking new dart uh, to play in, um, luckily. You know, thank God for the pandemic that I was able to bed them darts in and uh, it wasn't as new as sort of... It wasn't a brand new dart. Fourth semi-final in the PDC now. Is it time for you to yeah. now go to the next step and win yeah. one of these? Because I know you looked especially at the Grand Prix as a disappointment. Yeah. Is it now time for Glenn Durrant yeah. to take this opportunity? £50,000 is big, big, big. You know, I'm not going to go home mega disappointed now, but I know I can beat Dimmy. You know, there's only that practice tonight is only the only doubt that's gone in my mind because I know I can beat Dimmy. Um, I'll be using everything I can uh, to beat him. Um, so every, you know, it's good. You know, whatever happens, fifty grand is good. But I'd I'd be driving home on Sunday morning a disappointed man if um, I reach another semi-final. But you know, fifty thousand pound is two years' wages um, uh, f- from the job I've done. You know, so it's uh, it's it's all good. Last one from me. With the field the way it is, 
would this be a disappointment if you didn't lift the title, being that so many of the world's top ten mm. are out? It's 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 an opportunity. It's a massive, massive opportunity. And um, you know, when the seeds, the top four seeds, are falling around you, you know, are you ever going to get that chance again when Gerwin Price goes out, Peter Wright, Michael? Um, it's Rob Cross, you know, it's it's a massive opportunity. Um but and and I've dodged a bullet tonight. I've dodged a real big bullet. But sometimes when you win tournaments you need to dodge that bullet and um maybe that's just a bit of luck that I needed. Well that was does it everyone. As as you can see, he is a very humble man. He he says there that look, Vincent will be devastated. Be- the the better player lost. Um but sometimes, Gob, you need a little bit of luck to win tournaments. I revert- champions, champions need that little bit of luck. I, I, I revert to type the 2018 world champion where the eventual winner, Rob Cross, dodged multiple bullets from a Wild West to mm-hmm. win the title. So let's have a look at the semi-final. How many times have we seen MVG do that as well, by the way, yeah. over the years, where he's offered up chances in the early rounds Rene Idams is the one that sticks out at me because I was there once again. That's not me bragging about where I've been and whatever, but I was in the in the players' lounge watching that one. Keith Dellis sat next to me and all sorts, and we all looked at each other at the end of that result and went, how has he got away with that? And just went on to do bits again. So, yeah, every champion needs that little bit of luck at times. Doric didn't use it in the early rounds, and he used up lady luck in the quarterfinal there, I think. Yeah, no, 100%. So, order of play for tomorrow quite surprised at Sky. I think they've done the right thing, by the way, because of recovery time. But first up is Michael Smith against Gary Anderson. I thought they'd have put that one first. I'm sorry, second, personally. Yeah, I think this is the box office game, isn't it? Yeah, but I I I understand why they've done it because of Glenn and Dimitri have had less recovery time. Yeah, 100%. I, I understand it, but it is the Sorcerer against the Apprentice. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. But for multiple reasons. One, it's going to be played at such a good pace. This yeah. could be huge averages from both because there'll be no tactics. It'll just be rat-tat-tat, rat-tat-tat. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the subplot of Gary sponsored Michael for those years when he was a youngster. Now Michael's his own man. He wants to beat the master. And the other one is... Looking at the final four, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, will Michael Smith get a better opportunity to win the world match play with the four that are left? When there is no top four in the world, so tell I, Michael's now in the top four, but at the start of the tournament, the top four seeds are gone. There's only two of the world's top ten left. It's a huge opportunity for bully boy Michael Smith and the other side of the coin, before we start talking about it, Gary Anderson, potentially on course, to defend that huge chunk of ranking money from two years ago. Yeah. I mean, anyone that's ever listened to me talk nonsense for the last two years or three years that we've been doing podcasts now in, in various sizes will know just how big a Gary Anderson fan I am. And this would be absolutely huge for him. And despite what he's won in the past, his, his natural God-given ability and, and any other fact you can possibly imagine, I still make Michael Smith a heavy favourite for this. I just think he's scoring unbelievably well. 
um, the normal chinks in his armour is his finishing and he, he's up there with the very best in this tournament throughout. He just looks like a man on a mission that is destined to pick up this tournament and undo the heartbreak that was losing in the final last year. Um, the subplots between the two are, are fantastic. The old Master versus Apprentice. We've seen this so many times with Taylor and Lewis over the years and, and how that played out and how Lewis never really got the better of Phil Taylor. But at the same time, I think that Phil was always in a stronger position than, than Gary is right now. Um, but like we said the other night, Gary's performances have got better as this tournament goes on. And the pace of play for this one will really open up the opportunity for something special. And I think you can tell the way that, well, the fact that they've practiced together for a long, long period in the past. They both play at a very similar rhythm, very similar pace. You can see the frustration when they play anybody that doesn't play at that pace. But when they do play at that pace, it just opens up so many opportunities for the two to just deliver whatever they want. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Funny enough, the bookies can't split them. They're both 10 to 11. Um, fascinating. I'm quite amazed by that. Like, Despite all of Gary's experience, I think the way he started this tournament, the fact that he's not playing to the same level he had before, despite his, his Pro Tour win when he first picked up his starts and despite the home series run to the final event, I still don't think he's delivered the big average performance that we're expected from. And he's found ways to win and you can't knock that. That's the sign of a quality dart player and a true champion. But I just think if we, we spoke the other day about um, the burst that certain players can put in. And I just think Smith's more capable of that burst right now than Gary Anderson is. And he can really take the match away from the old master, as you like. So, first semi-final score predictions. Oh, don't do that to me. <sighs> Race to 17, yeah? Yes. <sighs> Michael Smith, 17. Gary Anderson, 11. Michael Smith, 17. Gary Anderson, 14. I think it will be close. Ooh. I think. I just, I'd, I'd love it to be close. And part of me wants us to go extra legs, and I never want this match to ever end because, like we said, the pace, the subplot, the talent that these two have. But I just think that. I don't think we'll ever see Gary Anderson fully fit again. I'm not convinced he trusts his body 100% like he did when he was picking up titles for fun two years ago. And there's still that hesitancy in those in those crucial moments on the double where there's that bit of a lurch in the action that we're not seeing from Smith anymore, by the way. We haven't seen him move on that third dart like Wayne has talked about for a long, long time. And I just think that'll be the difference in the edge. And, Michael is punishing those mistakes at the minute and that's why I think the gap will be the yeah. thing as I've just said. Like I say, everyone knows that my heart rules my head when it involves Michael Smith. I know yeah. with media, we're not meant to have favourites, but like I said, we get to know these guys really well and I know how much it means to him just to win one of these. So I'm going bully boy. Then the second one, again, subplots in this one, it is Glenn Durant against Dimitri Vandenberg for a place in the final. Same management stable, Buddies travel on tour together. However, Glenn Durant has dodged a bullet. And sometimes 
you don't give players of Glenn Durrant's quality a second opportunity. Um, yeah. So I don't think Glenn will play as badly on the doubles tomorrow night as what he was tonight. And again, he's one. He'll probably already be in bed by now. He got off stage easily. About, easily. He got off stage about an hour ago. Did his media. He'll already be in bed. Yeah. Because he, he, he knows how to, to, to do it. He knows how to get ready for these tournaments. But he's been that character since he was playing Opens in the BDO as well. And yeah. He spoke about that at length with, with myself and Jar before, where he knows how to prepare for events the way that the top professionals do. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, where Dimitri, it's his first semi-final. There's bound to be nerves. I don't care what anyone says. In your first televised semi-final, <laughs> there's going to be some butterflies. Yeah. But if Glenn goes off like he did tonight, Dimitri will punish him. I've got no yeah. doubt about that whatsoever. The start tomorrow is is curious. And after 10, 15 legs, Dimitri for me has to be four, maybe five legs clear to get over that line. And I, and I, and yeah. I mean that just on what we've seen in the last two games. He's had a bit of finishing line for Eva. Mm-hmm. That, that's been there. Where I worry that after after 14, 15 legs, if they're level or not much in it, Glenn goes on and steamrolls him in those yeah, stages. I was just having exactly the same thought. I just think that the fact that Dimmy's openly admitted that he struggled when he, he gets towards the finishing line and the nerves are sunk in a little bit. Um, and just the way he goes about the game. I, I don't think the pace will be an issue for either player tomorrow. I think they'll both be happy. It, it won't be the most exciting to watch as a spectator, I don't think, unless they're both firing in massive scores because at that pace, it, it tends not to be as exciting as a, as a Gary Michael Smith averaging 104. I don't mean, I disrespect him. That's just the viewing and, and how it works. But I definitely think that Dimmy has to get out to an early early start, um, get out ahead and, and see if he can do what he's done against Nathan Aspinall and, and Adrian Lewis in this event. Arguably two players that have more ability or have performed to higher levels than Dimitri over the last few years. Um, he's got out in front of them and he's led from start to finish. I think he needs to do that to Glenn again. Um, but I also think that Glenn's performance tonight will worry him. The fact that even if he is out to a big lead, Glenn is capable of that comeback and that's where we'll start to see the nerves from Dimitri. Um, I, I, part, I just think it's a, it's been a fantastic run for Dimitri and he's performed magnificently to, to knock out the players he has. But I just think it's a step too far for him tomorrow. Um, and that's why I think Glenn will win this one 17-11. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm going somewhere in the 17-11, 17-12 Mark, so we're both agreeing that it is going to be a bully boy, Michael Smith against Glenn Durrant final. And then don't ask me to call that one because I start choosing between mum and dad. I'm not getting involved. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll call you if that happens tomorrow, you know for well you're going to have to make a decision. So you've been given an opportunity for three nights in a row now since we've, since it's been looking like that will be the final and the big names went the big names that were also in contention went out you have until this time maybe not this time tomorrow night maybe 
we'll give you 22 hours, depending on how quickly the semi-finals go, to make a decision if that is the final that everybody's expecting. Yeah, no. Like me, who backed a Ritarski Lewis final, but let's not go there, shall we? <laughs> yeah, well, to be fair, I've done all right. From the, um, from the original preview show, I've got two, I did call two of the four semi-finalists, so I'm quite happy with that. I did go Darren. I did, I did go Darren <laughs> and Cliff. Um, but time will tell. Right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to the Online Darts World Match Play Daily. As always, remember you can listen and download on all good podcast providers, Spotify, Google Pods. We're just waiting for the all clear from Apple. It's been submitted. Hopefully, it won't be too long, but we are getting there. And of course, the pod will be on the website, onlinedarts.com, as always. Well, everyone, all done and dusted. The quarterfinal is done. The last two games, we know who it's going to be. It will be Dimitri Vandenberg, Dancing Dimmy, Can He Make His Dream Comes True, and Glenn Durrant grinds one out. The grinder does it yet again. Thanks, everyone. I'm Phil Bars, and, of course, Jack Gobbigar with Jar will be back to join us tomorrow, hopefully, if he's gotten over his two-day old man hangover. <laughs> Right, everyone, have a good night or a good morning wherever you're listening to us. And it's an absolute pleasure as always.